What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Meek, the Uber Geek. Welcome to Pretty Dece Director's Cut. This is our special sort of kickoff of E3 episode. We have a lot of game stuff to talk about. Uh, joining me on the show, as always, we've got Ross here. What's up, Ross? Happy E3, everybody. Happy E3. It's like it's like gamer Christmas. That's what it, E3 it is. It is summer Christmas time. It really is. Yes. And Scott's here. What's up, Scott? Hello, hello. Yeah, like I have like weirdly fond memories of like um, being home in the summer, spending an entire day just like streaming press conferences, like making like a multi-day thing of it. Just like I'm not going to be productive at all for like two or three days. It's just all going to be video game <laughs> news. Um, I feel like that's distilled down a little bit. Like they're spread out enough now, and enough stuff gets announced at different venues and gets like leaked early that it's not as like full force as it used to be yeah. of just like this is insane. It right. used to be right because it used to yeah it used to be exactly that just a full on just like mainline video game news like stuff that was insane you'd never heard of and now it's like we're gonna show you a little bit more of Anthem and like maybe show you a new game here and there. <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> kind of what it boils down to but uh, as of this recording we have seen the uh, EA press conference and the Microsoft press conference so lots more of course Sony's coming up Nintendo's coming up. Bethesda's coming up like late tonight, I think, or like maybe now ish as we're I think as it's we're right now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like as of half hour. Yeah, because there's always stuff going on. So we're, so we're mainly going to focus on EA and Xbox, kind of as we jump into this. Plenty to talk about there. So I guess I guess let's start in chronological order. EA kicked things off like early Saturday, which is the earliest I think there's ever been a press conference uh, for E3. Um, you know, days before E3 proper even kicks off, which is crazy. But um, EA, I think overall for me was kind of weirdly lackluster. Like it didn't feel like much happened. They ended the show with this weird Q and A thing that, like, this weird like sit down uh, that that ended up being okay about Anthem, sort of. But it was just like a weird like, all right, let's all let's all bring it down. Everybody, calm down. We're gonna sit in these chairs and we're gonna talk. All right. <laughs> they didn't really calm down. It's held in such a small room. Yeah, yeah. But they're just like, who's hyped? And there's like the one dude in the back that's like, yeah, so hyped right now. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah they're... <laughs> that was going to start contrast. Like, Gary, you just quiet. We're talking. Because <laughs> EA, you know, hired hired that actress, which I'm forgetting her name, um, to like kind of be their like hype woman. Oh, that felt that felt weird and awkward at times. Like I, I, I half of the fun, I guess, of, of E3 press conferences is the awkward stuff. But I would almost wish that they didn't try to do the like, "Who's excited? All right, like just you know, make it businessy." Like it's, we're all just thrilled. Yeah, like we're really happy to be here. Great. The room is press. We're feverishly typing. Like no one's listening unless a trailer is up on the screen. Exactly. If we were there, the story might be different. But we're sitting in our living rooms watching you right. waiting for you to get to the next video yeah it'd be, it'd be cool if you could stop talking and just show me the game yeah it, it, that is a that is like a hard thing job i think to do is like be, be the host because like yeah like at at your best you're just the the thing that someone tolerates until the next game thing happens and yeah that's weird. at the end of it though i really enjoy crowning the most awkward and i mean ubisoft has taken the crown multiple, multiple times running, yeah right? They're usually, like, like they trying had, for uh, it, it feels like, yeah. Yeah. Last year, though, uh, EA was really trying with the, the actress that played the 
protagonist that you play in Battlefield. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, she sorry, was very sincere and genuine, but not great. And that's how I feel kind of about this girl, too. Is like, I think she probably really does really like games, and she was probably jazzed about it. But her, like, reading scripted lines where she says, who's hyped? And like, I just, I, I wasn't super into it. But... <laughs> I'm very critical of EA. Not very high. Right. Speaking of being critical of EA, that that felt like the theme of their press conference was, hey, we're really sorry that you guys kind of all hate us right now. Uh, It was a big thing. We're sorry. I think my favorite part was them. So they opened with the Battlefield. Yep. Battlefield 5. And one of their biggest cheers of the whole press conference was, and we're not going to have loot boxes. Like, <laughs> yeah. you made the problem, and now you're championing, championing the fact that you have taken it out. Like, that's, right. and everyone cheered, but it was just a funny, like, here, look at this great thing we did. There was a by not doing the thing that we that we that we created happen. the problem we created. <laughs> there was a massive oh, cheer mean... at the end of it for for Anthem Two when they said, like, yes, you'll be able to buy cosmetics, but you'll know what you're getting when you buy it, and you won't be able to buy power. Was the exact line that he used, and people yeah. cheered. I'm like, we shouldn't have to cheer for that. That should this be a given. Exactly. Like, <laughs> this is... should be just expected. Yeah, like it's As so. Intended. So crazy, and like I was, I was telling Ross like when we when we actually were at breakfast this morning, we were talking about this, and the the whole thing of like you know they're oh we're really sorry, no loot boxes in Battlefield Five, one I completely don't believe that though that game will have some form of throw dollars in until the numbers get higher, I guarantee it. Like there's something's gonna happen, but two. The other thing is, like, this feels very much like them being like, oh, they caught on, take your foot off the gas for, like, a year, and then we'll loop back around the next time we put out a big game. It'll have the same loot boxes in it. It's like, we we got a little overzealous, people noticed, let's take it easy for a second, and then we'll get right back into it. Um, I, they they liked a lot in, in this press conference. They they did a lot. Like, at the very end, it was like, you know, really honored to make games for you. Um. So they're paying a lot of lip service to it, but yeah. not a lot of it feels I mean, believable to me. But EA does this frequently, it seems like, right? Like, they get their hand caught in the cookie jar with it, with respect to something, and then they're like, no, we're really doing it for you, the players. Right. Like, Are you? Come on, you're just pumping out Madden games. Exactly. <laughs> like, it... it it feels weird because it's like, yeah, like you are the most um, just like sequel itis developer, like like production whatever that's out there. Like, like everything is just like, and it's the next version of this game and the next version. Um, so it it feels like you know like their business model is very businessy, and it's like, oh, it's for the gamers, for the gamers. Like, no, no, it's not. It's never been for the gamers. No, like you tweaked one thing in a FIFA game and you pumped out the exact same title. Right. Like, we, we changed the jerseys to the new colors, guys. Go get them. And they said, um, so they said no loot boxes. But then if you read the standard edition versus deluxe edition for Battlefield 5, the deluxe edition comes with 20 weekly items with airlift. And airlift is um, basically loot boxes is what it sounds like that include weekly cosmetics for your character. Interesting. Sounds very much like a loot box to not me. Loot box. <laughs> yeah. Just, they're airlifts. They're airlifts now. They're not loot boxes, you guys. Airlifts. No, we, were, we were joking on stream earlier today about um, that they're just going to come out with a different 
different you saying airlift made me think of it that they're called we're gonna call them loot sacks right exactly it's no, not a loot box a loot satchel that is 100 percent. i think what they're doing like they're they're still doing these airlift things that come with cosmetics I, you know it's gonna be the the destiny thing it's gonna be the you know uh, battlefront thing of like oh cool i got this rare drop like you know it's gonna be that game like that's what they make that's still the games they make um maybe they're gonna like ratchet back the grossness but like it's still gonna be there uh i yeah (laughs) this is it's that that whole thing of like hey we're really sorry we're not doing it i'm gonna believe it when i see it that's definitely where i'm at (laughs) with ea yeah uh, speaking of, of Battlefield Five, so outside of the loot boxes things, what do you guys think about the game? How the game looks? I think it looks great. I'm interested. They talked about. They didn't really say much about the single player. No, not at all. No, but just that there is going to be one, and it. And I'm wondering if it is going. To, it, I, I feel like they hinted at the idea that it's going to be more than the tutorial. Here's the two hour tutorial to tell you how to throw a grenade. And, yeah, yeah. you know, just the tacked on, it seemed like there was going to be uh, a little bit more there on the single player side. So I'm, I'll be curious to see how that kind of shakes out. But the, the look of the game um, looks, you know, they just keep upping the, the ante between them and Call of Duty as far as just the, the look of combat, getting it more crisp, more precise. Um, I was listening a little bit to um, one of the folks in an interview, and it sounds like the the health regen has been tweaked uh, to be less, and the ammo, ammo economy is going to be changing. Um, so we'll see what the communities have to say about that, but it sounds like it's going to be a little bit less... Uh, being able to charge wherever you want and having to be maybe a little bit more strategic about yeah. gameplay. So I, interesting. I, we'll I, see. Yeah. I think as far as single player stuff goes there, they were like kind of hinting at a few things that I think, I think the direction it seems like it's going to go once we get more reveal about it. They are, I can't remember exactly how they're wording it, but basically what I think they're trying to say between lines is like, we're not really going to tell real world war two stories anymore. We're going to tell, like, Indiana Jones-style ridiculous adventures just on the backdrop of World War II. Like, it seems like they're mm-hmm. they're going to try to, like... Vignettes or something like that. Yeah, like, it seems like they're going to try to, like, spin weird yarns that, like, could have happened during World War II, but they're not going to be like, this is the, you know, beaches of Normandy again. Like, let's just, let's be this super gritty war thing. It seems like they're maybe taking it a bit lighter than, than they have in the past. And that kind of interests me a little bit, at least from a single-player standpoint, is the like telling stories just using World War II as a backdrop but uh, yeah I'm I'm not I don't think I'm going to sign up for another World War II shooter as far as multiplayer goes like I just don't I don't think I ever need that again in my life really <laughs> I think I'm kind of <laughs> done with that yeah uh, I will say tanks just running through buildings looks pretty sweet though like that looks pretty rad yeah. really reminded me of like mid cycle like original Xbox and PlayStation 2 where they were trying to get uh, effects and physics right. Because I remember some press conferences where it was just like throwing stuff at plywood to watch how it broke. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what it reminded me of. Like, we still run through things. Watch this building crumble <laughs> on like not predetermined axes. Yay. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of nostalgia there. I remember 
uh, for it was like E three for the Star Wars Unleashed. Like they were throwing this droid at different materials to watch <laughs> them break. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's still that's super fun. Kind of yeah, I still am really into that whole like tech aspect of it. So even if like you know I don't play Battlefield Five competitively or I'm not in the multiplayer, I still maybe want to like rent it to drive a tank through some stuff. That seems pretty good. I'm yeah. pretty pretty that. I'm, I'm definitely more interested in Battlefield Five than the Battlefield One that happened before, focusing on on World War One. But I'm still yeah. not you know massively hyped. Like it's been a while since I've jumped into a Battlefield game. I think Battlefield. Three was the last one I played. Yeah, like, I think regularly. I think you guys got way into three. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a game that or Battlefield's not really the game that I went to for story. So I'm kind of interested in that because they are founding some of the some of their storylines in in reality, and then hopefully spinning it off from there. Yeah, like the, the the female protagonist, like there, it seems like she existed. Um, I, I was unclear four, on that. Think, really? Yeah, whether she was real or not, I was super unclear on whether that was the case. So, and then like fe- like female corps or uh, brigades and and things like that existed that people didn't think existed. Yeah. But, so that part is really interesting, like telling stories that might not have been told before. But then I don't know. I'm okay with them seeding it, like kind of like historical fiction, right? Like there's right. a seed of truth here, and then we're going to still keep it like periods realistic and go off from there like definitely abraham lincoln's not showing up with a minigun (laughs) right yeah like that concept sounds very interesting to me and yeah it is is fully historical fiction i i like that idea um that's more way more interesting to me than them just which is you see this a lot in in war video games of just trying to just tell the story of like the conflict or like the one fight. I'd rather them be yeah, like that. Like we're going to set it in this time and then we're going to ha- go off and focus on a, a narrative on a single character. That sounds way cooler. Yeah, and make it character stories, not just like giant set pieces. Right. Moving on from Battlefield. So we, we got a hilarious segment with Vince Zampella, who is the head <laughs> of Respawn. He was sitting in the crowd the kind of awkward uh, host went over to talk to him. The, the The headline there is Respawn's working on a Star Wars game, which we sort of knew. We got the name of the game. It's like Jedi Fallen Order. And uh, Vincent Pella is a hilariously weird, creepy individual. I, I love it. I love everything about Vincent Pella. It kind of <laughs> made me feel like he was... Uh... Like the old Lois and Clark Superman? His brother. <laughs> okay. What's his name? Uh... Dean, Dean Kane. Kane. Yeah. yeah. He does Dean have a... Kane, yeah. Was he Dean Kane's brother? He kind of felt a little like creepy Dean Kane. <laughs> he he does Listen. have a, a Dean Kane esque uh, chin line, I think. Yeah, like it's but like modern Dean Kane, not not when he was playing Superman. <laughs> right. Um so yeah, I, I I really like the just announcement of the game name sitting in the audience, but the I you know I mean respawn's fantastic like I really like games that respawn puts out for the most part, um, you know respawn and then of course before they they were called respawn but Titanfall is amazing, so you know just throw that uh, that awesome effort into letting me be a Jedi sign me up like that sounds cool yeah. I'm into that and they yeah. prove that they can tell a story in Titanfall, in Titanfall two yep. Oh gosh, so, yeah, Titanfall 2's single player about that. It's so good, yeah. Um, Titanfall yeah, 2, I like love the fact that he correct or he kept like slipping in these little uh, comments to what the the main MC was saying, like, "Oh, it sounds like a good time." It's like, no, 
It's a dark time. It's a dark time. <laughs> not a good that time. felt like the most unscripted part of the entire. It really did. He just had this look of fear on his face the whole time. Or that's what I was getting. Like, dear God, what is she going to ask me next? Like, he didn't really rehearse this very well. <laughs> yeah, it, it did seem like the that that part of the script just said, and then she goes and sits and talks to Vince. I'm like, just yeah, you know. <laughs> we don't even have a graphic to put up, guys. Come on. I do, I do love that he like, and it's probably on her for not like rolling with what he said and trying to do the script stuff. But he goes, it was great, dark times, and she's like, oh, so that's a cool time. He's like, no, like I do, no. I do really love that <laughs> he had just said dark times like seconds before. <laughs> um, yeah, that was great. I'm excited about that. Um, not too much more to say about it, but but you know, based on their their track record, that's going to be a pretty cool game, I think for sure. Uh, there were a couple, I think the thing that I came out of EA most excited about were a couple of like, not indie games, right? Cause it's, it's EA still, but like smaller studio games that EA is publishing. The first of those being Unravel 2. So I didn't play the first Unravel. It wasn't even really on my radar, but Unravel 2 is this co-op game where your characters are made out of yarn and I was, like, blown away by that gameplay demo that they did. So it's got this really cool mix where you, your character and the other character, you, you can play with someone else. And you do these awesome mechanics where you're swinging on yarn and, like, I'm jumping up and I'm moving something so that, so that they can jump up. Or I'm swinging over and then, I, I, then they jump and I can yank them up with, my, with our yarn that, that's connected. Like, these really cool, like, sort of environment puzzles with, with two players. And then you can also play by yourself and you can combine the yarn guys together into one yarn creature and you can swap back and forth with a button press. So so it kind of can become like Lost Vikings-esque when you're playing by yourself, it seems like. And then someone can grab the controller and like instantly jump into the second player. That seems super cool and that seemed like an awesome way to handle a co-op game. Like it, Most of the time in those types of things, it's like, oh, suddenly a second player appeared. Where did he come from? So I really love that he's always there. He's always part of the story. It's just sometimes a different human is controlling him and sometimes not. That was cool. Um, it makes me want to go look at Unravel 1 again now because I, again, have no idea sort of where that game, where I missed that game, but I had missed it entirely. The uh, It looks really good. Um, I remember I, I have watched a little bit on Twitch of the first one. Nice. Um, and it's such a good-looking game, and the 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 sequel now just seems to have improved upon that. The, yeah. I think the one thing that stood out to me for this one is even just the depth of field of the background environments. Seems like they've put a lot more, it seems like a lot more detail is coming through maybe, or maybe I'm just noticing more, but um, it just, it's a really good looking game. It was one of the two platformers that I saw today that was like, Man, I wish I was good at platforming because <laughs> I would really like. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure I'll take the dive in on it because it looks like one that looks amazing, and I'm gonna get to like the second level and be like, "All right, <laughs> can't do done. this anymore." Yeah, <laughs> I'm all spent. It did. It did seem. I mean, like you know, you have the like co-op grapple mechanics that that I could see how that could be very hard. Um, but not, nothing seemed too insane. And, and since it is sort of like co-op focused, maybe they're thinking maybe more like 
eh, like maybe families are going to play this. Let's not make it insanely hard. Cause it seems like a game mm-hmm. that I would, yeah, not want to get frustrated with. I would just want to experience the like cool stuff it has to show me. Um, yeah. Which was interesting kind of how like dark a lot of it was when they, you know, of course the like level they were playing on the conference was like this bird trying to eat like the yarn guys. So that was like a little scary. And then they kind of like do like the quick vignette of like other stuff in the game and there's just like fire and they're in this like factory and there's, you know, like steam shooting everywhere. It was like, it is kind of like dark and gritty for this like whimsical little game about yarn creatures, which is super interesting. I really like the, the developer when he came out like he just he was I so genuine remember him from the first yeah from the first kind of announcement and just like a really genuine like we're going to make a good game that tells a story about you know uh love and friendship and kind of a different take from from other games like it's a it's a big genre shift especially where they put it in the conference yeah um and i thought that that set it up really well for like where they were going with their indie developers uh kind of just use the EA uh, machine for their marketing. Mm-hmm. And I know EA gets stuff out of it, but hopefully EA just kind of leaves them alone and lets them make these kind of wholesome experiences. Right. Like I would love, and I don't, I don't know if this is the case or not, but, but you, you want to believe that there can be a game company that works like Netflix does, where it's just sort of like, yeah, we'll give you the money. You go make your, whatever your heart desires. And then we'll like put it on Netflix. Like it feels like that's how Netflix is working with some of their originals. And yeah, that's what you want out of a game company too. Is like, you're the creative one. You go do it, and we'll just be the the bankroll basically for making your kind of cool dreams come true. Like, we don't have to market it to everybody, but there likely is a market out there. And it's like, if people drift towards it, great. And if not, like, well, maybe next time. Right. And then and then this game too, really cool. They're like, and it's out now. I love I love when that happens. Like at press conferences, like, <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's here. Okay, cool. Go download it right now. Yeah, so that's probably a game I might be checking out this week. We'll see. We'll see how that goes because that, yeah, I think it looks pretty sweet. The other game in kind of that sort of like indie game style was Sea of Solitude, and also in the vein of very sincere, very heartfelt developers on stage telling you like their stories and making you fall in love with them. This also fit into that. This is the story about. There's an awesome quote about like you know like like loneliness can turn people into monsters. (laughs) It's like okay, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And then that the game makes that literal where she was lonely in a dark dark place becomes a monster, and then the game is about making her human again. And and uh, I think that's cool. I think this is I think Sea of Solitude or SOS is going to be one of those like kind of artsy games that hits for some people and other people just don't get at all. Like, obviously we don't know anything about what the game is, but from her kind of spiel about what the sort of headspace of the game, it definitely seems like it's going to be a game that people are either going to love or hate. I think. Yeah. I, uh, I just from the, just from the preview, I mean, it wasn't even that long. Um, and it, I'm not sure. Like, I, I guess there was a little bit of gameplay, and some of it seemed a little bit more trailery. Yeah, it was really hard um, to say. We didn't get a huge look, but even just from the picture that we got, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have feelings about this game. You right. know, like yeah. usually when I video game, I'm like, oh, I had a rough day at work. I just want to like put something on and shoot some bad guys. And I don't think this is gonna be that. I think I'm gonna need to. I I can already tell. Like I'm I'm probably gonna end up investing in this game. Like okay, yeah. I'm ready. I have I've got an hour. I'm just gonna sit down. All right, 
man, we're going to play Sea of Solitude. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to have to I've take it in. in. I've got my Kleenex. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I think this is a game, you know, like like some movies are where it ends. And then you're just like, I just need to talk to someone about this. I just need to, like, figure <laughs> out my feelings right now. Yeah. Um, it seems like that type of game where, where you'll just, like, sit down and be like, what do you think it meant when such and such happened? Or, like, what do you think that was a metaphor for? And, like, yeah, I'm... I'm excited to have that experience and and those conversations, and this art really looks like so good, right? It's this kind yeah. of like pastel, sort of like cell shaded ish, but not really. I it's, telltale, but not right. Yeah, yeah. I I really dug it. I'm looking forward to seeing how that how it works out. Yeah, I'm 100 percent in on this game, and and it it looks fantastic. Um, so that that was maybe like the thing, you know, of all of the EA stuff, that was maybe the thing I was most hyped for was Sea of Solitude because it just it looks like unlike anything we've really seen recently, and it seems like it has like this weird kind of awesome heart to it that I was I was pretty pumped about. Uh, we obviously saw a lot of sports games. EA still makes a lot of sports games; those are still pretty dumb. It seems like a um, lot of people people really like you know their FIFA. I'm not sure. Are, are are you guys either sports games? I'm not sure if you guys are into are into like the Fifas and the Maddens or not. Uh, I really only play them like if I go over to a buddy's house and yeah. we like play a couple games late at night. Play FIFA. I'm really terrible at it. I can't cross for beans. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was kicking out of bounds and he gets real mad. So we don't <laughs> play a lot of FIFA. That seems fair. Yeah, it's caused issues. That's my experience I... with playing Madden with friends. Yeah. That's what yeah. Why did you run that way? I don't know. Like, what am I supposed to do? I want to see what's over there. <laughs> I've owned a couple of Madden games, but yeah, it's it's not a franchise that I've kept up with at all. Yeah. I stand firmly behind my decision of after EA bought out the rights to the NFL, I have not bought another NFL game because <laughs> the ESPN 2K whatever was still the greatest NFL franchise ever. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, without competition in most of these sports, it's like they don't have any reason to make the games better. So they just, yeah. you know, I, I think a lot of people really love those, but it's just, yeah. It would download clips automatically to your, your hard drive and play them back like it was the halftime show. <laughs> that, it was fantastic. That's cool. That's and then cool. they went and messed it all. <laughs> Anyway, Chris Berman going boom and rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. That, okay. Yeah, but I, I don't need to hear any more of Phil Sims. That's fine. I do not need to hear more Phil Sims. Don't. We're probably not here for a rant on me and my. <laughs> you're you're right. We're probably you know, not. Like, we're, this is probably not the audience. But if anybody wants to get in on this, feel free to uh, hit me up on Twitter, and I will gladly tell you what I think about Troy. Good, because I'm completely lost. But it sounds you sound very passionate about this. So <laughs> went to a dark place. Let's just just move on. Um, speaking of more things that I don't know that I super care about, EA talked about the like it's the next tier of their already existing subscription service called like EA Origins Premier Access. I don't know. There's like a lot of words. I think I think it's like Origins Access Premier now is what they're calling it. Um, and, and this is the the continuation of what every game company is kind of doing right now, which is uh, you don't have to buy our games anymore. You just pay for the subscription, and then they show up, and you can play them. It's it's the Netflixification of games, um, and I think a service like like Netflix needs to happen because I don't want to start subscribing to every single possible game company. Uh, right. th- that seems that seems 
opposite of, of what I'm looking for, I think. Uh, I think this is one of the most it was to me kind of like a surprising thing from EA because they I'm right they already had some kind of service set up, right? That you could Right. I think what it was for them was that you got old EA games, like it was like it was sort of like the, you know, free games you get on Xbox Live where it's like, okay. "Oh, maybe this one came out, you know, like last year or something." And then you could have that one. And then when new games came out, you got a trial where you could play for like two hours or something. So now this okay. is the – then you get them and you can play all the way through them. Okay. Which is fine. Like but it's like early. is there – is EA's library really big enough? I mean the the – I can see it for PlayStation or Xbox Game Pass or – but is EA's library so varied and – and large enough to where I'm just having trouble figuring out who's going to. This feels like the stars of right, yeah. video game subscriptions. <laughs> like there's like one. Or I two think good, that's there's like one or two good shows, and then like why am I paying for them? Like why? No, I, I, I think still... I think the stars is is a is a valid comparison because it's it's just like. We're right there on the border where it's like, yeah, you got a lot of stuff. And if you go back through your history over the course of the consoles as they've come out, we don't just focus on the current gen. Like, yeah, you have a lot of stuff that I would care about in the past. But at the same time, you're not a console manufacturer. You're you're not, you know, um, one of those core developers putting out, like, the um, exclusive games on any of these platforms. So a lot of your stuff that you have is just sort of that generic stuff that no one wants to go back and play. <laughs> so, yeah, like I just, so it was, it was a curious thing for me. It'll be, I'll be interested to see if this is something that survives or, you know, they could definitely, it, it seems like they would have a lot of leverage to add on to or group with another's service, you know? Yeah. Cause to be you see folded that. into something else. Cause you know, having Madden and FIFA and, you know, that's a lot of, there are plenty of folks who are right. you know, very regimented when it comes to Madden, when it comes to FIFA, that would see some value in glomming onto another service with an even bigger library, you know? But it just seems like, as a standalone, I don't know, I... Yeah, it, it feels it feels like they're pushing it. If They're probably one of, what, like two to three um publishers that that could feasibly talk people into a subscription like yeah them um not even bethesda because they're not they don't have they they might be putting out enough games now that they could like going forward continue but like there's maybe yeah like two or three outside of the console holders that could do it but it, it does it feels like a push and it feels like that most people are not going to be won over <laughs> by that um, yeah. particular, you know, business plan, but they're doing it. They're, they're giving it a shot, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm honestly, I'm shocked that origins as a whole concept is still alive. When that first launch, that felt like a thing where it's like, okay, EA has got to go through the process of not being on steam because you know, they're doing their own thing and give it a year and a half and they'll realize that they should just be on steam, <laughs> but you know, it, <laughs> it still exists. So, well, I guess let's, keep going the uh the other thing about you know ea is that they love to um that they love to trot out old franchises in ways that you definitely don't want those old franchises to show up (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and they continued that this year with Command and Conquer Rivals. Now, I I don't have like a strong history with Command and Conquer. Like I've I've played a couple of the games. I've never gotten huge into them. I'm not a big RTS guy, but I know that a lot of people love Command and Conquer. So like trotting this out for a mobile game, which is what Rivals is, which is essentially it looks like Clash of Clans. Like they're they're doing a game mm-hmm. that looks like an RTS, but it looks like when you boil it down, it's just sort of that tower defensey. I'm clicking on which unit I'm going to build next kind of a, a game. Those games are fun on mobile. I'm not saying that they're not they're not great, but putting Command and Conquer on it feels so like EA business move. It's hilarious. I think. Yeah, there wasn't anything. I mean, I, I it was it was interesting watching those two. They had two players. Uh, on the stage and they had their phones hooked up yeah um and they had a little shout cast or whatever <laughs> game cast your guy calling the plays and it was you know and it was an interesting game to look at but i just kept thinking you could have made the motif you could have painted this over with like it's garden warfare from it uh, could be anything plants versus zombies right. or it's i mean you plug in any motif over the top of here's three control points that you have to hold yep and it shoots an aoe at your bait like it wasn't there wasn't anything about it that seemed command and conquer nope it 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 feels (laughs) like it feels like hey we've got this ip laying around it's not popular enough to warrant us making another big budget Command and Conquer, but it is popular enough that that you know that spreadsheet crosses over into the black. If we throw it on a mobile game, people will maybe go download it because it has this name on it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's that that idea is kind of gross. Um, and of course, it's a mobile game, so it'll be probably a very fun game that makes you hate it because. It becomes pay to win or it becomes, you know, a grind fest and uh, the people who did pay to win just completely squash you. That's that's all the Clash of Clans stuff. Like at its core, I think Clash of Clans is a cool game. Yeah, it's a it's a neat concept of I'm making this deck of, you know, cards that I'm I'm sending off in this tower defense. Like it, it's cool. It's, it's good on mobile. But then it's like all of these like super predatory business practices trying to get the next dollar out of you. And I really don't see this being any different. Um, I also never, ever need, again, uh, a, a a completely staged shoutcast of a mobile game happening on a stage ever again. <laughs> And and I can separate those two. Like the game is 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 one thing, and then that whole awfulness happened. I the 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 whole thing that uh, that always happens at at E three of the let's pretend like we're bantering like we're real friends in this game, or let's pretend like this game's gonna be esports focused, even though we all know no one's gonna care. I'm just so over that. That feels like we should have <laughs> dropped that like three years ago. Yet we still continue to have people walk out on the stage and say, I'm a professional shoutcaster, and then have them call a match of a game that's not even released yet. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Uh, let alone a, a mobile right. game at that. Like, no one, literally no one is ever going to shout this ge- shoutcast this game past this moment. That's <laughs> the one and only. The one and only. And last, yeah, and, and like a game can be competitive, but then not have to like dive headfirst into that just esports grossness with all the yeah shoutcasting and stuff. 
Um, also, I really hate that they call themselves shoutcasters because that was like that old internet technology for streaming radio, if you remember. It was shoutcast. Yeah. It always confuses me. And then, of course, EA finished up with Anthem, seeing some more of Anthem. Pers- and they had a Socratic seminar, which was really great. They really I did. It. it was a weird – that was a weird thing to do because, you know, most of the time it was like, hey, it's our big game. People know it's coming. Let's just show a whole bunch of gameplay. And we got to see some of the gameplay, but it was centered around this weird, let's bring three developers out. Let's let's answer some questions from Twitter. Let's just, like, let's just slow it down for a minute and just kind of chat. Um, <laughs> it was very strange. I think if they'd gone one or the other, I would have been okay with it. Yeah, they they kind of tried to do like everything, and it was just this kind of bizarre moment. I don't know. I still don't quite know what Anthem is. Like, is Anthem going to end up being like Borderlands was, where okay, you have the kind of the story that goes through, and then like we drop in and out of each other's games because they were very clear that it is a part of it is a story driven solo game right but it is a multiplayer open world game right so i i think like i reading between the lines of what he said about that which is basically it's like his what was the the term he used it's like our world my story i right. i think exactly what that means is we go out in the wild the the world together and we fight big monsters and we might have objectives like go here Pick up the glowy thing. Go here. Kill this monster. But I think that means that out there in the wild, there's no story. And then you walk back into base, all of your friends disappear, and the story happens. I think that's what they mean, is that the 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 home base where, where you're walking around and talking to people in all the trailers, I think they mean mm-hmm. that will be single player. Your friends won't exist there. And when you go out in the world, it'll instance out into friends joining, and that's how they're going to split the kind of story, and then also shooting things as a team. Um, that's not particularly exciting, but I think that's what they're doing. Yeah, I don't doing. know how I feel about that, because I was still trying to figure out what that meant. So, like, if the three of us were just, like, shooting the breeze on Friday night, and we're like, let's boot up some Anthem, like... With the way that Bethesda games have worked in the past, it's like, okay, here's the short action sequence. Um, and then we're going to go and have like dialogue choices for three hours because that's what Bethesda does. Yeah. This is full on, not a Bethesda game. Like, I mean, in, in, in that sense, Bethesda, sorry. Uh, Bioware. We knew Bioware. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. This is, this is not a Bioware game. I don't think in that sense where you're going to be like making all these RPG choices and stuff. This is destiny with a few more like, like, you know, uh, conversation trees. That's basically, I think what they're making. Okay. So like you go back to the tower, and I can't see Scott's mech. I can see my mech, and then like the dude playing poker is an NPC. That's what I'm guessing. That that is that okay. is what I'm guessing. That you know we can have our big play session, and we can do all kinds of stuff, and level up together, and get all this gear, and then they're gonna pepper the story in when you get back to the tower. Exactly. Like it's it's <laughs> gonna be more than Destiny is, where you know you show up and the dude's standing in the same place all the time, maybe, but. Maybe maybe you walk back in and then a, a cutscene triggers because of the things you just did out in the wilds or something. But yeah, um, interesting. I, I did like the the classes that they showed. Yeah, I think those so are like, cool. Yeah, like the, the heavy, the kind of all around soldier. The what looked like the speedster it really reminded me of Ben Ten, <laughs> like the little speed demon from okay. Ben Ten. Yeah, the, the interceptor. And then what's the other one? It's basically like uh, we just cut pasted this warlock. 
It's yeah. just a warlock, yeah. <laughs> it's the same pose. <laughs> it is. Anyway, I do sorry. kind of wonder yes. about the... So it, they had to see, or they have to know the comparisons are already here. They will continue to show up. Anytime someone talks about Anthem, there's going to be this cross comparison to it's just destiny, destiny. Yeah. I thought one thing that was interesting is that they really haven't talked about end game if there is any end game you know so far we've seen four players joining together to do some events or do some do like some things but they called, haven't right? said yeah they haven't said the word raid nope they haven't said pvp they haven't said like what and i really hope that? they don't say pvp i really do I, like, I hope they just go cannonball and that's, into and that's fine, but I just figuring wonder... out how to make the cooperative. Like, uh, I don't, I just don't need any more PvP in my mind. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if this game didn't have any player versus player. And I think that's fine, but it's just interesting that they haven't sh- they haven't said like what's the big. So far, it looks like, and this is just surfacey, and this is just from you know what the trailer we saw last year and what we saw yeah. this year so far i've seen uh fetch quests and you know <laughs> a mini boss like that's mm. all yeah that's not gonna keep going for the three hundred hours <laughs> like that's not gonna that's i kind of like the tag team that happened in the last year's gameplay they, they showed a little bit of loot they uh they showed how two classes can work together like mm-hmm. you know the the ranger stuns people, and then the the colossus brings the rain. I like that because it it makes me think of a guy that we play with, where it's like, yeah, that's his role. His role is to show up and be the heavy. Like, I'm gonna be a mortar back here and just rain fire. Uh, I, I I will say, I thought I thought that uh, the numbers looked real good. I like how the numbers pop off things. Those are really? real good looking numbers. <laughs> because like, I don't need a. Uh, uh, I thought to myself that I didn't need a soul caliber combo, 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 combo. You know what, <laughs> Ross? That's, that's where you and I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> if a game wants to, if a game that that is has already been popping numbers off of things <laughs> wants to pop the word combo off once in a while, I'm into it. That sounds once cool. Once in a while. It was like a torrential downpour of combo. It was incredible. But I I am not over the idea of numbers popping out of things when I shoot it yet. I'm still very that's still very novel to me. And I know I know we've been seeing that since like Call of Duty four, but I'm I'm still way into it. I want the numbers to look good. And I like that I like that they threw the word combo in now for no reason. It's really it, dumb. I want it to get bigger every time that combo appears and then it's just taking up your Screen. <laughs> just yeah, just like combo taking over the whole screen. Um, th- this game, I was trying to keep an open mind while I was watching the gameplay stuff this time because, you know, I I think there's some cool stuff here. I I like the developer, but the the comparison to to Destiny is so so there. Like there's there's no way around it. Everything that they're doing, their classes, like it, if the world feels so Destiny. The, you know, the, the, whatever they're calling it, the javelin just looks so destiny. The, you know, the, the cosmetics are just, are very destiny. And I, and it, it's, it was bumming me out that just every game is destiny now. And, and even when you get to some of the other games we saw in Microsoft, you, we got a new division trailer that is again, just, just destiny. Like, cause the, that's what the first one was too. 
Destiny's cool, but I don't need every video game to be Destiny. Just like when, you know, stuff like Assassin's Creed got big and then every Ubisoft game became Climb a Tower and Scan. I don't, I just don't need that. Um, and, and I wish Anthem had a bit more uniqueness to it than just copying Destiny. Hoping that the extra time that they gave them, right? Like they gave them an extra year and a half or something. Yeah. I'm hoping that maybe instead of, like, maybe they were going too parallel with Destiny, and maybe we just start diverting a little bit and give you some of that, like, okay, we're going to give you, like, some Destiny base and then a little bit of, uh, like, Borderlands seasoning in there. That'd be fine. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. And then, and I like, think... We, I don't know. Differentiate I, it a little bit, make it feel a little bit better. Definitely, yeah. And I think that there's interesting stuff in their world building, what I've seen so far, that they can lean on to make it feel less destiny like there's there there was like a dragon at the beginning of this i like a weird like sort of like fantasy looking thing flying through the air and they have this whole backstory of like our gods left us and stuff like there's neat stuff going on in the periphery of what they're showing but then they're just show, sort of showing iron man flying through the the jungle for the most part um so you know i i still I'm intrigued. Anthem still seems like no matter what, it's going to be a very good game. It just, whether it's like very good and super interesting or very good and just basically destiny. That's sort of what. I'm hoping that they see the whole and like, okay, so what do people, what are people screaming for from these sorts of games, like the division and destiny that they're not getting. And I think that is like engaging story to anchor it. And I'm hoping that they're just like, we can we can do that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's us. Let's sign that. us up. Yeah, and like we can have these these you know similar mechanics and things like that. But what would make people come is like to just envelop themselves in the blanket of this world. That is the they can they can pull that off. Like I would be sold for that. Of, okay, I've kind of like learned where the the just kind of like how we used to play Borderlands. Like you can go do Borderlands on your own. And like, oh hey, I've got ten minutes. I'm gonna drop into Josh's game. Yeah. And we're going to take down this mini boss together. And like, well, see ya. And then it doesn't really like divert what you're doing all that much. Yeah, I, I I would be, I think, happier if it was more, if it was like so less focused on joining up with your friends and doing raids. And if it was more the Borderlands route of let's just pop in together and do some missions and stuff. Yeah, like that would be fine. But I, I think that the optimistic route is what you said where they looked at games like Destiny and said, we can do that and then also add the story into it, and that's what we're good at. I think that the pessimistic aspect, which is what I think is happening, is they looked at Destiny and said, we should make one of those without learning any of the lessons that Destiny has learned over the course of its <laughs> I mean, two games so far. To be fair, Destiny didn't learn many of the lessons that Destiny learned. <laughs> well, and, and that's completely fair. But I think that, like, like that, like, not talking about endgame, not talking about, you know, not hearing raids, like, not answering those questions, could be because, like, they don't have answers to those questions, and people aren't, are going to get mad, and people are going to hit max level and not have anything to do. And, like, I, I just see them going through all that same stuff of, like, we just solved this, or, like, you know, we've, we've already complained about this for four years. Like, let's not do it again. Um, yeah. But, you know, wow. who knows? <laughs> I know. I'm eager to see that comment. Still crossing my fingers. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in the crossing my fingers camp as well for that. Uh, so that's EA, and then, then of course we move into Xbox, and Xbox had a massive oh, show. Um, geez, it just kept going. Yeah, I thought they did a good job. I thought 
you know, compared to last year, I thought it was I thought it was a good show. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty solid show. There was a lot of really fun stuff um, that they no cars were breaking down. Yeah, there weren't any no cars. Thank God, somebody. I had this whole fantasy scenario in my brain of like Phil Spencer put down his leather jacket and some assistant like accidentally air quotes like spilled a whole bottle of wine on it or something. Maybe we never have to look at Phil Spencer's <laughs> nasty brown leather jacket ever again that he's worn for God only knows how many years in a well, row. Now, it, now it's like weird. It's a jean jacket now. Jean. It <laughs> kind of looks like a jean <laughs> jacket. jacket. <laughs> Phil Spencer is an interesting character. That's that's what I'll say about Phil Spencer. <laughs> I don't. Uh, so I'm really torn on the Microsoft. Like Microsoft event was super packed. And I saw that people on, like, people that were actually there were saying, like, this is the best Microsoft uh, conference in years. Yeah. And I could walk away from it being like, eh. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited but, about some things that they showed. Tell me what you're excited about. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like, I guess, like, starting off, we, you know, we, we joked about cars. Um, I think that the new Forza Horizon looks amazing. I, I love that series. Like, I'm not as big into mainline forza that's all about the you know car and like what should, what are your I, don't, I can't even like riff a funny car thing like what are your brake <laughs> calipers about um but forza horizon like is like is is like low-key burnout like that's kind of what they don't tell you like it's just sort of like the continuation of like need for speed burnout like that kind of game um they're always consistently very good this one adds um, sort of always online, you will always have other people in your game. Just It's sort of like hot-swapping people in and out. So I don't have to go find friends to, to, to throw into this game. It'll just populate my world, um, which is amazing. And it has this like quick chat thing into it. So like they showed where someone can drive up next to you and say, like, want to drift? And you can say, sure. <laughs> and like, that's dumb, but... It's really cool, like, the fact that, like, someone can, like, whiz past me in the game and and challenge me to a race and we can go do it. Like, those sorts of things are the things that I loved about Burnout Paradise, where you would drop into an online game, you and other cars, you you would invent these little games with each other where you're going off jumps and and they, 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 they would, like, have objectives that you could turn on that would be, like, race to the whatever, and then you'd go there and try to hit a big jump, and that sort of kind of pure joy we're not communicating via headset but we're like talking with what we're doing with our cars is an awesome thing that not a lot of games have captured and i I got massive burnout paradise vibes from from like the way they're designing this game um the 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 like seasons looked really cool in this like the different the way that they're transitioning between seasons and it's changing the, the the game world itself so I'm really pumped about that game. Like it's it's it is just another one of those games where it seems like they're really doing the work and adding a lot of stuff in it to make it really cool. Nice. I really like the and I'm you know it's not necessarily the most innovative, but just the the idea of I love public events in in different types of gaming, mm-hmm. and so to have public events in a racing game sounds really cool. The idea of the blimp and like oh let's go over there and see who lines up and Right, yeah. That seems that seems like it would be fun. And, and I love the idea that, you know, with, with games like that up until now, especially in, like, racing games, it was always like, I can play single player or I can jump online and try to do those things. And and I love that we're merging those even, even closer than they have been in the past. And um, 
that that's very cool. It means that down the road this game will be empty and probably unplayable, but like for when it first comes out, <laughs> sign me up. Um so so that was really yeah, awesome. Really yeah, I, I I liked that a lot. Um of and course I like that you like that a lot. I'll probably watch <laughs> you play that. I've just never gotten into those, but I knew that it would be high on your list. Definitely. You yeah. About it. And I'm always like a, a big racing game guy. Like I at my core, like racing games are are one of my favorite genres. Always love them. So I, I'm happy that people are still making good racing games because, you know, the the companies out there making racing games continue to to dwindle kind of as we go. Um, the other thing that I was really hyped about, we didn't see much about at all, was Session. And Session is what I can tell, just the spiritual success, successor to Skate. Because they, so, you know, it's called Session with a period at the end, which which is definitely because Skate had a period at the end. So <laughs> I don't know anything about it, but Skate is is one of my favorite games ever. I love the Skate series. Um, you know, I, I grew up playing Tony Hawk, and, and Skate was the next progression of that. The controls are... Um, challenging but super rewarding and it brings sort of skateboarding back to its essence so if session captures any of that like i am 100 percent on board i'm actually gonna google session right now because i, I want to see who's making session i'm not even sure <laughs> it's a new skating game by creature studios oh it was on kickstarter that game got kickstarted i didn't even know that Nice. Okay. Weird. I, no I knew that a lot of people wanted Skate Four, and so this works. <laughs> yeah, th- this is basically like, hey, we can't make Skate, or we're not going to make Skate, or whatever. But um, it seems it. You know, I think that, especially with it coming from Kickstarter now, it feels like they're just really going to try hard to make Skate. So whether this company can do that or not, who knows? But I'm very into someone trying. Um, and then, of course, the last thing, not to jump to the, you know, the big, huge thing, but but the thing I'm most hyped for coming out of Microsoft is the Cyberpunk 2077 trailer. <laughs> it looks so good. So, it looks really good. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I watched that press conference, like, literally moments before we started recording. So um, I, I watched that just a little bit ago. That's a trailer I'm going to watch over and over again this week to try to pick out little details. There's so much happening in that trailer. But, you know, CD Project Red, they make awesome Witcher games. They've made really awesome games set in the fantasy genre so far. Taking their expertise and the awesome games they make and setting it in a setting that I'm way more into, like cyberpunk and future stuff is is going to be a recipe for like one of my favorite games like i can already tell i'm gonna be so hard in the cyberpunk it's not even funny um it looks so good his awesome glowy jacket and the cool car he's riding around in and uh people's heads exploding because of their weird cyber implants there's so much going on in that trailer i can't get over how pumped i am about it i think that i know we're I won't say too much, but I think the the thing that I got away that got from that trailer, you know, there wasn't a lot of gameplay. It was a lot of just, hey, let's look at this. It felt claustrophobic, and I'm I really like that. You know, so many open world games are all right. Now walk for five minutes to get over to this other. Like I don't. How about let's turn it let's turn it around and be in a you know ultra urban 
clo- hemmed in like you know so much to look at uh yeah i just i yeah, just think the, the the feel of it the look of it um you know we didn't get a whole lot above and beyond kind of their cinematic take on it but it looked the style alone looked really really good yeah we we have no idea like what the actual gameplay looks like or anything like that but from a pure art direction standpoint they are killing it for me um you know it's it's a very colorful take on the cyberpunk future which is cool because a lot of times you know you'll you'll have your like you know bright neons and stuff but it'll be a dark world kind of in in that and 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 also cyberpunk in general tends to be kind of slow and methodical a lot of times like if you look at like your blade runners and stuff and this is at least in the trailer here just like seems hard hitting it seems fast it's super colorful it is a very dark world in what they're portraying but the world itself is very vibrant and i I think that's a cool dynamic that they're pulling off um yeah, I'm I'm super pumped to see more about this game. I I'm I'm like head over heels excited about about the stuff they they showed in that trailer. So Ross, what did you hate about this conference? You you're you're the naysayer over there. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't hate anything about the I think I'm lacking a lot of the context. So like you guys are jazzed about Cyberpunk mm-hmm. and I don't I've never played that game, I don't think. Well, this is the first like they're they're showing any anything of it. Right, but isn't it a sequel or something? Like, doesn't it fall in line, or is it a completely new like that no, I just missed? It's a. I don't think there's been anything else like set in this exact world. Um, they're they're mainly just tacking, I think, twenty seventy seven on to just sound cool. <laughs> I think it's basically oh, okay. what it is. A lot of it was like I'm just not familiar with some of the games. Like Devil May Cry seemed like it was a big reveal. Yeah, that they threw out, and I just kind of missed it. Like, I never, I've never played a Devil May Cry game. Um, I know of the genre and I know of the game itself, but I'm not like invested in that um, a whole lot. And like Gears, I never really got into Gears, and that was a big thing. Or Kingdom Hearts, I kind of missed that somewhere along the line. So I feel like I just kind of fell down on a lot of the, a lot of the things that happened and some of the big titles. Like we'd either already seen like Fallout seventy six. Yeah. Like, if they had just dropped in... Yeah, if they had just waited and then, like, <laughs> that, that the the kind of catchphrase of war never changes rolled up, like, it would have been crazy. Yeah. But, we, yeah, it's... <laughs> That's the problem with E3 now is a sort of like you get the announcement of the announcement of the leak of the announcement. And yeah, it, yeah, when it's like, yeah, if that had been the first time we'd seen they were making a game called Fallout 76, it'd be like, holy cow. But the fact that we knew about it going in, it was just like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we figured we'd see more about that. Yeah. Um, um, so I think I just missed it. The Cyberpunk universe, I was just kind of uh, playing catch up on like what was happening because I had started to shut down the stream. Yeah, because I like I was not paying attention, and Phil Spencer was going into his classic like "This is the end of the conference." Phil Spencer voice, and then they got hacked, Ross. They got hacked. Yeah, I saw they got hacked, and then <laughs> I, I I turned the sound back on and tried to figure out what was happening. <laughs> wow. So that one's on me. I feel like that one's on me. Um, the whole conference got but... hacked, and then they CD'd into the hacks directory. That's how you know they got hacked. Shoot. <laughs> the dude type CD hacks. Mostly because I was working on the DOS machine this weekend. Uh, <laughs> it had been a while since I, I had accessed the uh, 
was it the command directory or the <laughs> yeah, order? command prompt. Yeah, and I was just like, hmm, yeah, this feels good. I will I will say when 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 it like they go into the like oh my gosh we're getting hacked thing it was like oh really and then when yeah. when it did flash up and the first thing you see is the C drive flashing and then CD hacks I was like oh this is going to yep. be awful <laughs> So I'm glad they turned it around because that started out but so I bad I wasn't I wasn't I didn't hate it I just wasn't as jazzed as I wanted to be I remember being super jazzed about Xbox conferences and things cuz owned an Xbox for a long time and it's been a long time since I've owned anything other than an Xbox and so I was always like super looking forward I mean it's just packed full of games the new yeah. Tomb Raider game looks really good for me yeah um we happy few still gives me nightmares just watching the little snippets yeah I'm kind of off that um, game now I feel like I don't know I I, the, the, I think they're making more of a game than maybe they from the last thing they showed I I feel like they I the, the trial or whatever it was yeah a couple years ago and I was just like it it was wasn't the game that everyone that thought it finished. was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um and I was super confused. I, I, I will say on on Cyberpunk, like this genre, like the genre of cyberpunk, stuff like that, like this kind of like neo futurism thing, is is like the setting that I love in, you know, movies and, and games and anime and, and like you don't get it enough and I don't see it enough, especially in games, so I'm really jazzed when something is not just generic fantasy it gets to be like the specific cyberpunk so i'm way into it and i do like the kind of 80s interpretation of what the future should be like right the, yeah like mm-hmm. blade runner mm-hmm. and uh was it eraser mm-hmm. kind of did that um i i do enjoy that world so I'm, I'm gonna dig into that a little bit more it's it's very um, net runner like like the you know card game and stuff like that's mm-hmm. that's all cyberpunky and this is looks a lot like that with some of the characters and stuff that they're that they're doing um i mean they packed so much into this conference though they did they gave us sea of thieves updates they (laughs) let us know that they're still trying to make crackdown (laughs) three that game i don't i don't know what to think about the game anymore just started coming up and of course they didn't sorry but did, did they actually put a date or was it like a month was it a February release? Also, there's a lot happening next February. Anthem is in February, like uh, February 22nd for Anthem. I'm not sure about Gears. I think the Gears did get bumped to February, or not, not Gears, rather Crackdown. So Gears was surprising. I was not expecting Gears Five to show up. Yeah, <laughs> that that was the my favorite. That was my favorite part of the whole conference was the Gears logo comes up and everyone's like, <laughs> yeah. You like hear this huge crescendo and then the little pop character comes through <laughs> and it's just silence. Like nobody, you can hear a pin drop. Like, what are you doing? And then the the pop part got done and then there was tactics and i swear you could hear a groan like just <laughs> give us gears five <laughs> i can't believe like it's, it's, all right Th- them doing gears pop is really weird that like the f- first pop focused game would be gears of all things i think it's insane <laughs> dark gritty world <laughs> right. pop eyes on it. there's so many things you could do like the pop version of that that i think would make perfect sense and be like listen that's not a game for me but I get it. This is not that game. But I love it. I love that if you are making that game, I love that they thought that was a thing that needed announced at the press conference. <laughs> like that's a game that could Somebody just lost a bet, right? It's I like, really, yeah. This happens, then Bill, we're gonna do Gears Pop like first thing with the Gears logo on it. And like it happened. Bill didn't think it would happen. No one thought it would happen. And... 
<laughs> so yeah, that was a very funny moment for the crowd. It was so I, good. I really got a kick out of. <laughs> I, uh, I I will highly recommend if you want to have a fun E3 press conference watching experience, go to giantbomb.com and watch their versions of the press conferences because they sit in a room together and they talk over the press conferences while they're happening. And it's so good. It's so good. And when them as the Gears Pop stuff happened was incredible. Just losing their minds <laughs> laughing. Sure. Yeah. Um, so so Jeff, who's kind of like the, the main guy over there, him just going on about like, yeah, Pops are great and not horribly awful. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, fantastic. Now, of course, this did eventually lead into Gears 5. I don't care about Gears of War at all. I don't know about you guys. I don't care at all. If we never saw Gears again, I would not mind. <laughs> um, I, I played through the first one, and it was just like, okay, cover-based shooter. I yeah. just never got into the world. The, I, Gears 2. So I have, I have a friend who um, didn't have an Xbox at the time but was way into Gears. So I, I ended up owning, I think, like Gears 1 through 3 at the time. It, when Gears 2 was out, he was way into it. So he would come over and want to play Gears, and and that was the first time I remember being absolutely miserable playing a game. Just like I can't shoot these awful things anymore. This is just it's just so like gray and gritty and just it was awful, and I hated it, and it was terrible. Um, and but we just kept playing. But yeah, like I have so I have such terrible memories of of Gears Two. Um, I I know that a lot of people like the multiplayer in Gears and. It always just comes off as really cheesy, and the story is really dumb, and the characters are really dumb, and I just um, don't care about Gears <laughs> in the least. Yeah, I almost wish there was a... Because I, I think the one aspect that I do enjoy that I wish I could find in another game that they've always seemed to do really well is that... Me being, when I play, you know, just about any kind of game, especially when I'm solo, I like distance between me and the whatever it is. Okay. You know, like I'm creating distance, whatever whatever my powers are, whatever my weapons are, like I need a little space, I need to plan, I need to think about what I'm doing, and <laughs> Gears doesn't let you do that. Like you have to, the thing... You have to run up a chainsaw that thing in the face. You, it's yeah. going to be right in your face, and you've got about two seconds to figure out what it is you're going to do about it, yep. and... um that kind of intense stress inducing <laughs> gameplay. Um, I've always really appreciated about that series. I just wish I could find, they just do it really well. And it would be nice to see that in another. Yeah. Cause like, you know, like you said, I I'm with you uh, on the, I don't really care about the story or the, the color palette is it's a little tired at this point. Oh my. So yeah. So the, tired. We need to, I mean, make everything fuchsia, or I don't know, just the red and gray together forever. Well, that that was the series that created that burnout of just, like, really, everything's gray again? Like, that's because <laughs> of Gears of War. <laughs> and we're still doing it. And now there's, like, a lady there or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the selling point for Gears 5 was. I couldn't figure out why it was different than the other Gears games other than... I mean, it's going to be like ali- like what the Alien series, right? Like she's infected or part whatever. Probably, sure, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that's where we're going with that storyline. It's interesting. I'm glad they're telling character 
stories out of that franchise. But didn't Marcus Phoenix just... like take the bandana off in the last game, and that was supposed to be like the end of it or something? Like, I feel I like thought so. I feel like that was his big character arc. Was after like four games, he took the bandana off. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I guess I need to like red box him and just blitz through the campaign, but. Or don't, I think, or maybe. Don't. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I think there's enough games in the world, it's okay if you're not into Gears of War. Yeah, I just have never gotten into I tried to play it, and I'm just not a big base shooter game yeah. person, um, which is probably why, I don't know, Scott and I played The Division for a little bit, the first one, and I was kind of sad on the inside with that <laughs> game. Uh, I like the survival mode, but I, I don't know. How do you guys feel about the, the reboot, the, the Division Division two. Uh, I, I will say that I think that their um, intro trailer, where they're like America is on the verge of collapse, was incredibly tone deaf. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, these guys are from Switzerland, aren't they? Right. Yeah, they it's a little too on the nose there. You it might was want very to back that one yeah, off just a touch. <laughs> it was very on the nose, and it was very much like we have to defend America. We have to defend the White House. It was like. Eh. <laughs> I'm like, nah, <laughs> I'm probably good. <laughs> um, you do you, Division. Yeah. We can pool our resources. And- it, it was really funny watching that trailer. Like, when it first popped up, like, the something about it made, made me say, like, oh, this is probably Division 2. And then it jumped into the, like, all the America is going to fall stuff. I'm like, maybe this isn't Division 2. And then it, they loop back around to, you know, then there's the, whatever it is, like, the virus that, that was in the first game. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, is it? And then it, it was. Like, that was a weird direction that they went down with this. Um, You know, I think that, I, so I, I I didn't play the first first Division at all, but I think that hearing about it, there were some really cool ideas and concepts in it for, you know, for, for it being essentially just a loot shooter, you know, like one of those games, I think it had some cool stuff in it from, from, uh, you know, so a few interesting little nuggets. So if they continue down that road, like it looked fine. Like the, the gameplay that we got to see, um, you know, you're just jumping cover to cover and you're shooting things, you know, it's, it's that game, but maybe they can do cool stuff kind of in the periphery. It seemed like they tried to make the bosses, uh, make sense. So they put them in like the so the biggest kind of jarring thing. I realize that they're there's they're separate games, but like going from a first person shooter where headshots are headshots, and like you shoot a dude in the head and he goes down. Yeah, like that's the end of that dude. To bullet spongy RPG mechanics. <laughs> yeah, it's very jarring. Very different in a shooter game. Yeah, uh, I, like they're they're very distinct, but you can't help but try to bridge them together and it seemed like they're trying to make that more quote-unquote realistic by having the guy have like armor and weak points like you could right. blow off his knee armor and then shoot him in the knee and he like he goes down and now he's immobile so you can swarm him uh seemed like they're trying to do that a little bit more uh changing some of the the supers or the the abilities i liked um i don't know i'm t- i'm torn because i really enjoy kind of the the doomsday mechanics and the 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 ambiance of you know ragtag group bringing the world back from disaster Mm -hmm. it's always kind of been my wheelhouse for me um but i don't know if i have the investment in me to go and like grind for new loot like i'm doing that with one game that they're going to reboot in september i don't know if i got it in me to like 
pick up another. Yeah, th- that's that's my big takeaway from from these two conferences so far. Is again, like I like Destiny, but I even with Destiny, I'm I haven't signed up for the grind of it and it's not my life game where I'm going to be checking back every week multiple weeks or whatever like you know I you know did, did enough of it to get my feel my, my fill and then was done and that's just sort of how I game so it really bums me out that every game is seeming like it's going to require me to devote my life to it now um, yeah because that just means I'm not going to play any of these games that that could be cool stuff going on in them but like if every game wants to be the game that I check back in with every week and that I care about every little nuance going on in the game. That's just not, that's just not realistic. I don't think so. Yeah. Like seeing like another one of these types of games where that's a loot shooter and that's what they're going for. Um, yeah, it, it, it just feels like a lot is not for me <laughs> with, with these, these announcements. But, uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what they do. I think, don't think I'm going to pull the trigger on as I did the first one because mm-hmm. um, I like cannonballed into that I thought it looked great and then all of the content that they had laid out for it, the survival mode I really liked the survival mode uh, if I had time to play it like because it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to play through a round uh, of the survival or it does me because I'm really slow <laughs> at like pushing forward I don't like to go into the dark zone until I'm sure that I can make it out uh, of that one but I'm eager to see what they do with it and it's kind of kind of watch other people play it maybe yeah scott will play it on stream and, yeah, <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm, vicariously through him. I'm i'm hoping that there's cool there's cool stuff in it that they haven't shown yet for sure i i, I do have a lot of doubts about their like <laughs> gritty setting like when they get in the the downed air force one and someone spray painted on the walls air force gone <laughs> it was a little <laughs> like all right i see what you're trying it's not working <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, other yeah. stuff. So, so they're 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 doing more Sea of Thieves, which is a game you guys have played uh, a bunch of, I think. Yes, and I'm wanting a reason to play Sea of Thieves. I jumped into it last weekend, like last Friday, with a buddy, mm-hmm. and it's just like, okay, we're gonna go on another fetch quest, and the world isn't as populated, or we weren't wanting to do the new content update. Um, but the new one, at least, I don't know how you guys felt about it. It felt like there might be PVE ships or. Yeah, there might be like AI ships on the sea. Yeah, I, like, I could. These skeleton crews are coming. I'm like, that's what I want. I want a mode where I can say, I don't want to play with jerks. <laughs> I want to fight skeletons. No jerks mode. <laughs> yes. Like, like, no jerks mode where you. Because I thought uh, Grand Theft Auto did that really well, where it's like, if you just want to go in with your buddies and cause havoc, run from the cops, then great. Like, you can do that. Or if you want to go in and do all of all of column a and deal with other people you can do that too <laughs> yeah that would be nice so, yeah I I, I I thought it looked really fun and then yeah i mean i like that they're um committing to to you know being devoted to that game and, and putting stuff out for it still like that's cool you know and, and especially that you know in this little trailer like there's like voice acting and stuff that wasn't really in the base game i don't know if that's in the game or if that was just in the trailer but you know, it seems like production-wise, they're even kind of kicking things in high gear for that. So that's that's all cool. I like that. I like that that game is getting support. Um, I, I let's see. The of course there was like Kingdom Hearts stuff. I, I are, are either of you guys huge Kingdom Hearts fans? 
I really need to take the plunge at some point, but I am not. Yeah, I, I don't. Not I have not done any Kingdom Hearts. I don't care about. Uh, I don't care about Final Fantasy really, and I certainly don't care about Disney all up in my Final Fantasy. So <laughs> I am out. Um, Ross, as 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 the resident uh, pretty decent Halo editor, tell me what you think about Halo Infinite. Uh, so I was. They kicked off the whole conference with their Halo reveal, right? Yeah. And it's about 30 seconds into it, and my heart sank. I'm like, this is a freaking Halo reveal. It was so weird. There was, like, rhinos and stuff. I, I had no idea. I was so lost. Like, I thought throwing... it was going to be Jurassic Park or something. Right. I was, like, really like, ooh, what's like, this new thing? Like, there's jungle, and there's... What is it? So, uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. I've been trying... I have I've read other people's stuff on it since then. What I've is this game? Back. I've watched that trailer ten times. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about this because what it feels like. So it's a two minute, two and a half minute trailer. You start out with exactly what Scott said. It's like zoo editor. <laughs> there's rhinos. There's deer that are like they're kind of deer, but they're mystical looking. Yeah, and there's like a tent flap, and it's mostly like, hey, look at our new, which is all that it was supposed to be. But you see the like the iconic Master Chief helmet, and it is not at all the three four three Master Chief helmet. So what are we even doing anymore? <laughs> yeah, I it's was how I feel about it. like we went full Halo three again. So is this a? Because part of me feels like it's going to be Minecraft Halo. Well, so I don't. I think something's weird about this game because it's not Halo six. You know, they're not calling it Halo no. six. The Windows logo came up at the end of the trailer, so you know that could just mean it's a Halo game for Windows. It's coming out of Windows as well, but that was a bit weird. I think, and yeah, like you said, it's it's the old school, um, you know, uh, sort yeah, it's of tight fitting, not bulky armor. Yeah, which yeah, like I I went and glanced, I went and glanced at the Reddit thread for this announcement as I was watching the press conference. And yeah, people were stoked about that whole change back to the art style, which I hadn't even really sort of hadn't really dawned on me that it had changed that much. But yeah, I mean, it has. Um, But I I think that I think in the vein of Fallout 76, where they're kind of bait and switching you that it's that's not going to be a standard Fallout game as you would expect that. I don't think I think this is the same. I don't think this is maybe the Halo 6 that you're thinking it is. I think there's more to it than that. I think this might be a um, a filler piece. I think this might be Arkham Origins for Halo. Or yeah, I mean or it's or it's the um um Halo 3 ODST or something. Like maybe it's a yeah, little bit of a similar to that. Yeah. Um because I think that they dropped the ball so hard with the narrative of Halo 5 that they don't know or they need more time to figure out what they're doing. That's how I felt about Halo yeah. 5. I don't know if we have time to get into my <laughs> jaded feelings on Halo 5. Um, I think it would be interesting at some point, not now, but did somebody be interesting at some point to do <laughs> a real deep dive on the Halo franchise? Because I've been meaning to replay them. Because, you know, I, I own all the Halo games and um, mm-hmm. haven't played 4 or 5 despite owning them <laughs> and all that. But um, I think it would be interesting to, for me to replay those games and then for us to have, like, a deep dive conversation about Halo sometime. Because it's, yeah, it is a very interesting franchise. The history of that franchise is super interesting. Um, I liked, so the engine that they have is kind of like, haha, it fits in the world. It's called the Slipstream, Slipspace engine, yeah. which is, fits in with the lore. 
thought that was good. I mean, they showed off like the wind mechanics, textures, and things like that. So maybe this will allow them to build other stories with Halo. So it's not just like we're building this entire engine for one property. Uh, it's very i don't don't know i don't know how i feel about it and i'm still super confused why there were rhinos (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) we we shall see i guess that it it's very strange it could just be they're they're going down the route of taking the number off of the series because halo will go on forever and eventually the numbers are going to get too high but yeah i think that there's something something interesting happening here um but yeah the old armor just really threw me i don't know why we like they changed it drastically with no comment on it. It's not like you. So in like Halo Two, you get a new set of armor, and that's like supposedly the armor that you take through Halo Three. Right. And then it just changes. Like you <laughs> go into your tube, Bungie put you in your tube, and you woke up like a friggin' tank. <laughs> and I'm not sure what how it's fitting in going back to kind of the slim art style. Yeah, um, and and it'll be interesting if they address that, you know, because the 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 wording for this, at least as they were mentioned, it was like, you know, um, the I can't remember how they said it, but basically it was like the continuation of the, you know, Halo story and 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 Master Chief saves humanity or something like they they kind of led you to believe that it was happening like after the events of the previous Halo games, so. That means they have to tell you, like, oh, and then he picked up that old armor because, you know, reasons. Like, <laughs> right? They have to say something, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I I just, I'm so confused with, after Halo 5, I, I'm i so confused with where they're wanting to go with Halo at all. So, it'll be really, I put down the books because the books were freaking terrible, started to get just not good. <laughs> like the Forerunner series, I tried to get into that, and I hope we're not going down that hole because they were very much about like going into bureaucracy and the infighting that happened with like <laughs> curating animals on the rings. Oh no, it good and bad. And, <laughs> it's Star Wars Trade Federation, Federation all over again. It's, yes, like it's I, the Senate. Just, I love reading about international trade law, but just not with my video <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot about Halo that I thought was cool when Halo first started, and then they went the wrong direction for me there's just so much stuff i don't care about about ancient aliens and politics and stuff that they seem to focus on instead of the cool like dude in a suit and who you know like yeah there's just a lot yeah which when we take that yes we should do that deep dive because i have i don't know if they're valid or if anyone agrees with me but i have (laughs) i've got some feelings that would like to share yeah at the very least yeah, at the very least, this is a series that you and I have like talked about in passing for years now, and, and I know it's something that yeah you like it were very into for a really long time. So um, that would be interesting to do, kind of as this this game we find out more about it and it gets announced and comes out. Um, I will start putting together that timeline. Yeah, definitely. I I yeah Halo. Halo I, I want Halo to be good again. I I think that maybe they don't know they are trying to figure out what Halo is. Like you said, like, you don't know what it is. I think they don't either. Because yes. for I mean, so long... they PvP figured out, it seems like. It seems like people love that, and it, it looks fun. I'm terrible at it, so I don't play it. But, like, <laughs> I go... Like, I started Halo for the story. And, like, it became the... Like, started with a video game and then evolved into, like, books and miniseries and comics. And, right. like, I really got into it. It was really, lo- like... It was a, a rich world to explore, and and then 
then Halo Five happened. <laughs> it's um, <sighs> it's definitely like you know, at one point in time. That was the killer video game franchise that no one could defeat, and that was like, you know, winning the war single-handedly for Microsoft, and of course, that's not the case anymore, so it, it's sort of like, it's like, it's, this is a weird comparison, so, so stick with me for a second. <laughs> it's like, you know, Hulk Hogan was a really popular wrestler, and he was on the... He was on the, the, the top of the company, and he was this massive uh, draw, and people would show up to, you know, because they were, they were Hulkamaniacs, right? And then he got older and, and, you know, became less of a draw. So then in order to, like, keep him relevant and kind of spice him up, they did that big heel turn. He became Hollywood Hogan and, and you know, joined the uh. MWO and became this bad guy. And that only came about because it was like, okay, his popularity is waning, what do we do to keep it fresh? You know, you, you do this other thing with him. Maybe that's where we go with with Halo now. It's like, okay, so it's popularity's waning. We can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Now we either kill it or we innovate. And maybe th- this is this is where the innovate's going to happen. And we get some really cool stuff out of it. We get the, the Hollywood Halo, if you will. <laughs> so that's my weird pro wrestling analogy as it pertains to... <laughs> I, I kind of, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on board with it. I didn't think I was going to be, but then I saw where you're going. So. <laughs> um, are either of you guys? Are either of you guys Battle Toads fans? Battle Toads. Oh my gosh! It came on the screen, and I instantly texted my friend. Just all caps. Battle Toads. <laughs> I. As I've stated previously, I'm terrible at platformers and, like, the hard side-scrolling, you know, like, am I going to actually invest in this thing? Like, it looks cool. It doesn't matter. I will put on a helmet. I will put on a crash helmet. I will beat <laughs> my head against a wall over and over and over. I don't <laughs> I, uh, you know, like, I don't have any nostalgia for the first Battletoads, the NES Battletoads, I think it's maybe borderline a bad game. I know it's become like this meme thing, right? Like people are way into Battletoads mainly for the meme aspect of it. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. This could be really good. <laughs> it I th- could be really terrible. It could be really bad. I think that they're going to lean too heavily on the like, wink, wink, it's Battletoads, right? And I think that it's <laughs> going to come off as so lame. Um, but, you know, I, it's cool. I like that they're actually trying it. And it's it's one of those things where it's neat that, like, you know, Battletoads became this kind of groundswell thing that people uh, care about. So it's cool that they're, like, recognizing that and trying this. But um, I think people are going to be disappointed with Battletoads one way or another. Uh, but, the, you know, announced it. So it's there. Um, we, we got... How did you guys feel about... Uh... Go ahead. Uh... Metal Gear, like, VI, the Samurai Edition. <laughs> what was that, that game called? Because um, I... So, the, the, the bit after the colon is called, like, Shadows Die Twice. Okay, Shadows Die Twice. Cause... I, think, I forget what the, like, the Sekiro? headline Sekiro? Yeah, Sekiro, yeah. Yeah. The, that whole trailer, the whole trailer, I was like, this is a Tenchu game. They're just making another Tenchu game. And then it wasn't Tenchu. I was like, interesting. I thought this was going to be just straight up Tenchu. <laughs> It looks really interesting. I mean, I'm down for mystical samurai bone arm. Yeah, I think that um, I think that a lot of the 
um, stuff that they showed was cool, like as far as concepts go. I think that some of the art looked really good. I think some of the stuff they were happening that was happening looked really awesome. Other parts of it looked really bad. Like there, there was like a couple things they showed that was just like, why is everything gross and shiny? Like what's going on here? Yeah. Um, of course, it's coming from from software, so my initial fear is it's just going to be Dark Souls, but ninjas and stuff. Uh, yeah. Which means I'm gonna hate it because I'm not. I'm so out of the Bloodborne Dark Souls gameplay. Um, so <laughs> we'll see if it's dodge, more approachable. Dodge, dodge strike, right? Like, and it, it did seem like there was the, that that kind of weight behind some of the movements and stuff in the game, like you see in 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 Dark Souls. Because that that's the big thing about Dark Souls for me is is it feels like you have to commit to moves and. Um, it doesn't play like a lot of action games play where you can kind of bounce around and interrupt things. It's it's very much, I hit this button, he started the animation, there's no stopping it. Here we go. Um, <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Yeah, so it seemed like that, and I know a lot of people love just the punishing aspect of Dark Souls, but it's not really for me, and I think this game might just be that. Um, but it looks cool. The, the part where the dude vomited on his sword before he hit you with it was awesome. Like, that was cool. <laughs> That was really weird. <laughs> I liked the gross ugly of it, you know, after having watched um, other feudal Japanese games that are very clean and precise and every, you know, your oh, armor yeah. is all color coordinated and each lining is gold trimmed and you know <laughs> polished and cool in its own respect but this is like they took that and they just scrubbed it with mold and <laughs> goo and then they stepped on it and rubbed it in the dirt a little bit and like threw it outside for a week and a half and picked it back like i liked that grittiness that they they added to for sure and, and 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 don't get me wrong like i really like the art direction i i like that it is gross and and gritty and grimy and everything looks lived in i just think from a technical aspect some of the things looked bad graphics wise like mm-hmm. things had too much of a sheen on them when they were wet and stuff like that but yeah like mm-hmm. as far as like the thing that they're trying to go for is really cool i think that's that's a really neat direction um, because yeah, obviously it would be gross and awful and, and <laughs> terrible conditions. And like you said, stepped on and everything. That's yeah, that's totally what it would be. If I, and, and, you know, like from software has been making these dark soul games for a long time now, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. dark souls one came out I'm looking it up here now, 2011. And of course they made, you know, Dark Souls 2 and 3 and and Bloodborne and well, and Demon Souls before that. D- and Demon Souls before that, right? Yeah, Dark Souls yeah. was was the sequel to Demon's Souls, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, it's not the only games they've made. These guys were the people <laughs> they they worked on all kinds of stuff. Um they were the Armored Core people. Uh you know, they they put out Chromehounds, which is like really underappreciated mech game on the 360 that was amazing. Um, so, you know, I, I would love to see this be a little bit of a departure for them as far as gameplay goes, too. But who, who knows? It, it does it does look like more of, more of that. The giant snake at the end was, was the point where it's like, yep, no, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing. Yeah, I'm not, into, I'm not into giant snakes getting ready to eat me in games. <laughs> um, Scott, were you telling me that you were playing 
the first Ori in the Blind Forest? So the the sequel got announced, but was it you who was talking about the first one? Uh, wasn't me. Okay, someone I was recently so telling that was me about the this. other. Ori was the other uh, game, the Unravel Two, and the sequel to Ori were the games that I was seeing in the press conferences, thinking, "Man." If only I were better at that because <laughs> it looks so very cool. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like Ori, the 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 first Ori was one where it's like, yeah, I'm I'm not good at these, but it's very pretty. And this this one especially, this does seem like the type of platformer that will require, um, you know, exacting precision and you replaying parts over and over again. So. Yeah, it might not be my game, but man, did it look good. Like, that was, yeah. it was very pretty. Yeah. I'm, I've always been tempted to try Ori, uh, the first one. And so I think I might pick, tr- pick it up on sale if it's if it's around, just to see. Because this one looked great. And the, I don't know, uplifting games, even if I'm terrible at platform, might, <laughs> might be a way to go. Right. I, I'm right there with you. I think that's, it's still one of those that I, I do want to pick up, especially as this one is coming out now. Um, because it's yeah, it just seems really unique and, and interesting. And then of course in the in the same platforming vein of like games that I'm absolutely terrible at, we're getting more Cuphead. So that's that's cool. I still haven't made it through even one of those levels. Same, I'm with you. <laughs> Cuphead. Is, <laughs> it's still a game that's like I I love it. I love everything about it. The characters are, ama- are amazing. It's gorgeous. I am so crap at it that I just not even going to bother playing. But it's awesome. Everything about the game is cool, except the (laughs) fact that I can't play it. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that, so there were some some announcements in this that that did make me scratch my head a little bit. And and the, the first one was the announcement of a definitive edition of Tales of Vesperia. Which is which is a ten year old Xbox game. Like that's a that was a weird thing to to pull out onto the press conference. Like I get that that that, that game being made that makes a lot of sense. The the Tales games are are very popular, but you know outside of the anime cutscenes, this game looks like an HD remaster. It looks like a very old game from the battles and stuff, and I'm sure it's really good still. But that was just a weird, <laughs> it was a weird thing to spend time on in the press conference. I thought I was I was watching to watching it too, thinking this would have been a really good to like come out with a brand new like show me because it really like you said it looked like it didn't look new. <laughs> no, it doesn't look like a new like take that game and do like the next iteration. I want the next because I. Yeah, it lo- it's a fun game. And so the fact that we're maybe not getting uh, the new version of it, I think is maybe a missed opportunity there. Well, like like the Tales series is, has been going on forever. Um, and because and, that is Tales of Vesperia, and each game is like a different, it's Tales. Tales of Destiny, Tales of Fantasia, Tales of Symphonia, you know, it's it's always different. <laughs> so like the most recent is Tales of uh Berseria that came out in 2016. Tales of Zestiria came out in 2015. So like we're we're getting those games. Like they're they're coming out over here. Um okay. I think that Vesperia is one of the more popular ones. That's the one I hear about a lot. Um that and Symphonia. But 
it looked like a game that I would really like playing on my own for sure. It just seemed like because it did look so old, it just seemed like a weird thing to stack up against your, you know, your Halos and your Gears 5s and stuff. Um, let's do let's do some some rapid fire just other games. Stuff that that got announced that maybe um we don't have a ton to say about. Uh, I want to learn more about Black Desert. I don't quite know what that is. So that was it's me. an MMO. I'm not yes. sure if you saw that little line. It said the MMO oh, RPG. Yeah. Um, I was I was not like there wasn't anything I really saw in that that seemed amazing to me on Black Desert. That's one that I've been looking. I feel like I have room in my life for one MMO. Maybe like, <laughs> I, I should at least try one before I die. I sure. should give it, get invested at some point in an MMO. And you know, WoW is the obvious choice. But this one, I've looked at any number of times because it seems interesting and it looks cool. Um, I haven't taken the plunge, but I'm I'm wondering if um, if it'll be coming to Games Pass. <laughs> I could see myself maybe becoming invested in Black Desert. So, Games Pass kind of makes it seem like it's worthwhile. How at the moment. how do you figure? So we we did the talk on EA Origins. So the Xbox Games Pass has a ton of these games coming to it, right? Like, yeah, I think uh, I think that's they the just thing. Announced Fallout Four. I think maybe Fallout Seventy Six might be included at some point. Yeah, um, I, I, it sounds like they're starting to put more of their heavy hitting titles up front, where it's like. I'm not really sold on, you know, for me, like not, not doing any research like I should have for this show. Be like, I'm not really sold on cyberpunk. So I'm going to pick up the games pass and play it and play like the new, uh, uh, sea of thieves kind of update. And they put the, the original division. So I'm assuming maybe division two is coming to the games pass, like at some point. So you can kind of like mix and match this. It seems like they're starting to flush that out. And realize, like, we can't just keep putting original Xbox titles on this thing. Yeah, I, I think I think that their new plan going forward is, like, all, um, especially first-party releases are going to be on Game Pass, like, day and date. Which is what it needed to be from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I would imagine that they're going to try to, like, work with third parties and try to get more and more of that stuff on there if they if they want this to be successful which you know they they paid a lot of lip service to it over the course of this of this press conference so it's clearly a thing that they're focusing on um and i think that's really smart but um yeah i think that especially if i know i can pay for it for a year and then i get all the first party stuff that comes out over the course of that year whether that be you know four or five games or whatever like that's a that's a pretty big value honestly for like a year's worth of, of paying for this so i just thought it was so like these games that i'm not real familiar with like to jump into uh, but not sure if it would be for me like kingdom hearts or the devil may cry series like if they bring those to it and and mix and match, be like, nah, this isn't for me. But there's still plenty I could play, so it's worth my, you know, twenty bucks a month, or right. whatever it ends up. And, and that, of course, that's like always going to be the benefit of services like this is the, um, the ability to just sort of sample, <laughs> like like it's a buffet. Yeah. Um, I I think that I'm still, you know, like whether it is um, beneficial or not as far as like value goes, I'm still more in the camp of like, I just want to own the game. I want to know that if I don't play it for three months and then come back to it. I don't feel like I like missed out on or like lost the three months of money of, of paying it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't want that extra burden of 
man, you haven't played enough games this month. You didn't get your your subscriptions worth. I don't want that hanging over my head because I already have that with a few other subscriptions that I'm signed up for. Um, Yeah. I just, I I don't know. I don't know if I'm like ready for also taking that on in, in video games too. Not ready for this commitment. It is. Because it, it feels like a commitment. Like, I I feel actual real guilt over the fact that I subscribe to the Marvel Unlimited comic service, which is very good. And I might go, like, a month without reading a comic on it. And it's like, man, I just, I paid for that whole thing. Like, why am I an idiot not reading these comics? Like, it's a weird thing, but you feel, like, oddly guilty about it. But, you know, I'm happy that they are, like, fleshing that out and making it worthwhile buying it. Because, you know, if if this is the route games are going, it needs to at least be uh, consumer-friendly, you know. Yeah. Um, another one for me, uh, Outer Wilds. Um, I think I, over the course of the, the E3 promos and, and press conferences we watched so far, I have been trying to kind of keep an eye out for the like brand new i've never heard of this before i don't yeah. know what this is yeah. and just the I, I still don't know much about outer wilds but i'm certainly going to be uh looking into it because i got this like outer do it yourself outer space travel mystery <laughs> i like those that conglomeration of words anyway is like strange and different and and uh hearing the developers talk about it um lots of secrets i like clues i like mysteries i like secrets um it seems interesting and i'm gonna i'm gonna want to check it out more yeah the uh the steam page says that it's an open world mystery about a solar system trapped in an endless time loop and then it's yeah an open world mystery about a solar system trapped in an endless time loop that's yeah it looks cool i'm I'm scanning through the trailer right now um, and yeah, in, in a similar vein as your, um, you know, uh, what sea of serenity, I'm never going to remember the name of that game. It has like a really cool art style, very cool stuff going on on screen. I think sometimes I watch a trailer or I see a clip of something and I get to the end and there's the feeling of, I, I still don't know what this is <laughs> and that's not a good thing. But in this case, I feel like it it's is an exciting. Thing. Like I've yeah. watched it. I still don't know what I'm looking at, but I'm interested that's like what no man's sky should have been (laughs) (laughs) that that does kind of like yeah like are they making like a better no man's sky here sort of like no no it looks big the scale of it even just a little bit that the developer shared in some interviews it was it's space and it doesn't yeah like it doesn't have to be like if they're doing all the same stuff as no man's sky but like if it's they're trying to evoke that same sense Mm -hmm. of exploration like that's pretty cool I, you know, it definitely, I don't know if it's just because, like, as I get older, I am just have played enough games that I'm bored of them, but um, I, I'm way more into games like this than your Battlefield 5s of the world and stuff. Like, you know, I, I don't I don't need another uh, game where I'm just a generic dude shooting generic people. Like, show me cool stuff. I want to see cool, interesting new things. So I love I love things like this, where it's these crazy new ideas and awesome art and stuff like that. Yeah. I think, th- and they didn't really come out and say, and I'm not sure what made me think of it, but I just had this overall feeling of mist when I was it, watching that. It does look very and like, and that really like, ooh, like the, the unknown, the, the like figure it out aspect of it felt kind of misty to me. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely, like, as you mentioned that, oh man, it totally does. Even just like a few of the things, like there's this like, you know, control panel you're walking up to just like. That's so missed. Like, I walked in this room and trying to figure out how to interact with all these things, yeah. I don't know if I can 
I don't know if I am just spiritually ready for another Myst. <laughs> Myst is a game, you know, I dabbled around in Myst a lot as a child because it came for free with one of the computers that we bought when I was young. Right. So, like, I didn't even know what Myst was at all, and it was just this thing I would put in, and when I was super young, it was just like, oh, I wander around on this island, and, like, I pop place to place, and I pull these levers, and sometimes weird noises happen. I didn't know what I was doing. Um yeah, then that's a game that, like, since then I've come back and realized, like, oh, there was this whole thing I wasn't appreciating about Mist. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's super cool. One of the things that they announced at the very end, towards the very end, that I don't think we will care about as a uh, as a group, but I think that people in the world are going to be way, in- in- way into this, and that's Jump Force, which is the... Um, throw a bunch of anime characters into a game and, and swirl them around thing. Um, so basically it's like all of the Shonen Jump, like, like you know, main characters. You've got your One Piece, you've got your Naruto, you've got your Dragon Ball Z. Uh, they showed, they showed like, Death Note at the end. Um, I think that people are going to lose their minds about that game when it comes out. Did it feel a little, like... Hey, we see that you really like that Dragon Ball video game that came out. I don't. It just seemed like the timing of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kinda, can't be a coincidence. Like, I, I did vaguely wonder when, when like Goku popped up. I was like, wait, are they just gonna add some of these characters to that Dragon Ball <laughs> game? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> like, but you're. I think you're right. Like, I think that, um, especially parts of that trailer, they were trying full on to invoke that that fighting game. Yeah. Um. This is interesting because they so Shonen Jump, which is the um, the in in Japan the the weekly comics magazine where a bunch of these manga come out. Um, they they they've put out games before, which is which is the conglomeration of all their heroes, and and they've actually been a series of them on like the DS and stuff. Like I, <laughs> sorry, I think Ross just died. There's very yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, the yeah. dog. <laughs> Did not realize the door was closed. I'm leaving um, this for a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, there is this like you know this long running series where it's basically like all these heroes thrown together, and and the the ones on the the DS and and stuff were actually a lot more like Smash Brothers, where you were jumping around kind of on this like platformer type thing, and and um, wasn't as much of a fighting game. But um, those games are great, and we never got them over here. So it's cool that mm-hmm. you know this is happening. Um, not for everybody, but I can definitely see it's going to be like a big game. And then of course, so, you know, um, the the other big announcement that it's not gameplay wise, but they, Microsoft is out there making some moves because they announced a new studio that they're forming called the initiative, um, which we don't know anything about really what they're doing. We just know that they exist. Then they announced that they're buying a bunch of studios. So it was it was just like bullet points of like we bought these guys and then we bought these guys and then we bought these guys. So they uh, they picked up Undead Labs, um, Playground, the people who make the the Forza games, um, mm-hmm. Ninja Theory, and and Compulsion Games. Compulsion Games being the people who are making um, what's we it called? Have you few. We have a few. Thank you. Yeah. Um, those are some those are some like big name developers. Like that's like people who have proven that they can make some really great games consistently. Um, so Microsoft throwing down some, like some big money really to kind of, to make this happen. 
Yeah, to get some first party names. I mean, I think it, it, the, because I, th- I think we talked about it here and there a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, last year for Xbox was so hardware heavy, was so infrastructure heavy. You know, everyone and their dog was writing about Xbox needs to focus on games. Xbox needs to focus on first party games. Where's all the, you know, they, and so I'm sure they've heard it and this is their response. Um, and it's nice to, you know, that they really did turn it around a little bit. I mean, I think if you had asked any number of critics last year what they needed to do, A, they need to show us a bunch of new games, exclusives, yep. and show that they have the capability of putting out first party content. I mean, they checked all those boxes with this presentation. So I think from that standpoint, they. I think I thought it went pretty well for them. Yeah, overall, definitely. You know, I th- one of the things with you know, video games as they are now, we have less and less, um, like unique titles per console. It's a lot of stuff that comes out on everything, and you can play it anywhere, which is generally good for the consumer. But from a, a platform standpoint, like they don't have a lot of selling points for why I should buy your console versus the other console. And I think Microsoft here taking like active steps to, to saying like not right now but like in the future we are going to have a ton of first party exclusives like we are going to be um, creating games that you can only play here and I think that that's very smart from a uh, a business decision for sure um, you know especially like a, a, a studio like Ninja Theory like like they've done some really weird stuff obviously we're getting another Devil May Cry, they made the, you know, the last one of those. Um, but, you know, like, it feels like all of their games are very different. So giving them a little bit more money and, like, giving them maybe, like, the time and, like, a little bit of the comfort to make something kind of really interesting in their style um, is pretty sweet. Like, I'm definitely on board with seeing, like, what they can do next. Um, obviously, Compulsion Games, what we've seen from We Happy Few is cool from an art perspective so far so i'm excited to see you know the next thing from them because they seem like they have really good ideas um Mm -hmm. so yeah i think some really smart pickups for sure from them i was i was kind of shocked that they didn't already own playground games that was i I was thinking about that one too like does that really count like yeah really were they really gonna was there a threat of forza going to ps4 like was that ever gonna happen like what Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. I guess I guess Playground Games only does the Horizon series. Oh, okay. Uh, so they they don't do the main Forza series because the main Forza, Forza studio is Turn Ten, and then okay. I'm not sure if Playground was like spun out of Turn Ten or if they've always been. The only thing that that Playground has done is the Horizon series. Um, they they, they don't have any other games under their under their belt. It doesn't look like. I do wonder with this, you know this obvious focus from microsoft to pick up these studios if there will be i'm wondering if there will be you know kind of closer eyes on them to see just how influential microsoft is you know will we see follow-up stories uh from um interviews with these folks here's here's what life under microsoft has been like for us (laughs) um if people will you know because i would be curious to see how having so much focus on 
you know, oh, they're going to be creatives and we're going to give them the, what does that look like? What kind of relationship is that? Right. What kind of games is that going to create? Because, I mean, I, I feel like in the, the last couple of, of years, we've had this more push for companies to get away from ownership. Well, I guess in some senses it's them jumping from one owner to another. Like, you know, you look at a company like Respawn or something, um, you know, they, they definitely have gotten, like, scooped up. But, um, yeah, like, uh, it's it's interesting that, like, the the concept of this, like, independent studio getting, getting pulled into this big umbrella, are, are they going to handle that well? <laughs> you know, how's that going to go? Because uh, I, I think like, by... Oh, ahead. sorry. I was just going to say, I, I just think that by doing, by putting a focus on it, by having this whole group, it almost feels like these are our brand new children. And I could just see uh, some um, web reporting out there saying, how are Microsoft's children doing now? Nine months later. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would love that. I think that's, that would be a really smart thing for someone to go do. Um, and, and you know, there might be like strength in numbers in this, you know, if, if Microsoft mm-hmm. had just like randomly bought one studio, but the, the fact that like they are lumping these together as this, this unit, um, it could be, it could be this like, you know, like new school type of thing where maybe they can, um, all kind of band together and, and decide how they're going to be treated and like what they're mm-hmm. going to be able to pull and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see where this goes for sure. And uh, I think that's that's most of the stuff. Was there anything else at, at Xbox that uh, you guys want to talk about that we haven't haven't touched on? I guess the big ones. I mean, we saw a little bit more Metro. Um, we did which is I... like Ru- Russian Call of Duty meets Fallout. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. For that, maybe I probably won't play it when it first comes out, but at least figuring out what it is. Uh, I've never played a Metro game. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have a long history with the Metro series. They've always looked cool, but I've never actually touched any of them. So I don't know, I, you know, I, I don't have a lot to, a lot of important things to say about this one other than like, yeah, still looks cool. <laughs> I think the only thing from, the only other thing from Microsoft for me was the, it still seems, I, I thought they, you know, we talked about the boxes they ticked earlier. Um, I think the one that's still kind of hanging out there that maybe they're just going to let leave alone for a while until they figure it out is the, they haven't given us a reason to go out and get an Xbox one. You know, there's so much emphasis on now available on windows and your Xbox are yeah. now, you know, they're, they made this whole huge brand new console of the console that they just launched, you know, the four years prior and they still haven't given us a reason to play games on that. You, know what, I'm, you yep. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I exclusive definitely to Xbox one. Like there isn't, that doesn't appear anywhere. Yeah. I think so you're, it's I think a curious omission. It, it's curious. I think that they don't care at all. I think that they want you in the Microsoft ecosystem, and I don't think they care at all whether that's on PC or Xbox. I think they're very happy either way because they're selling you the game, you know? Um, and, and when you really think think about it, like, I mean, they're not making a ton of money on a single Xbox that's sold. Like there's always the stories about like, you know, Microsoft loses money on every Xbox, like from the first generation of Xboxes. Um, That's not, that's not the, the, the point where they're really making bank on you. They're making bank when you buy the games. So yeah, like if you, 
are buying an Xbox, you're getting into that, this is in my living room, they're happy, but at the same time, if they can win over some PC gamers who maybe wouldn't have touched these Xbox games before, like, that's probably a huge win for them. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely seems like a strategy that they are very heavily invested in on the everything's, everything that we make is going to be in both places, and, and that's great for them, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they see those two things as not competing whatsoever, which is, you know, maybe true, maybe not. But I, I think that I think that if they took that to its logical conclusion that, you know, they just want to sell games. And if everyone decided to just play on PC instead and they didn't sell any more Xboxes, they might be OK with that. I'm not sure. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> Yeah. They're still selling the games, and they don't have to worry about that pesky uh, console hardware. So maybe they'd be way into it, <laughs> um, and they just would be this weird, uh, you know, PC game publisher. It's certainly an interesting approach. I, I will say that much. Yeah. Maybe I am a little bit more satisfied with the Xbox conference than I thought. I feel a little bit better about it. <laughs> I think I think but... there's cool stuff. I think I think there's stuff to be genuinely excited about for sure. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out. Still, still disappointed with Halo, but <laughs> I'll have to get over that and, and deal with that in my own time. Well, I, I think I think maybe Halo's like it's too soon to be disappointed. I think you can definitely have your your finger over the disappointment button, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see we'll see what what comes out of whatever the heck Halo Infinite is. <laughs> Uh, so that is that is Xbox. Of course, we have Sony still to come. We've got Nintendo still to come. Of course, Bethesda has been going on as we've been uh, recording this, and then all the other little kind of random pepperings of of E3 as it happens. So, of the stuff that we haven't heard from yet, the companies we haven't heard from yet, what are you guys kind of most excited to see or hear? What would be your like, you know, big thing you want to hear from one of these companies? You know, like what's what's your big holdout so far? Or if you have one. I've been a sucker for just the insanity that is Death Stranding. (laughs) Okay. Those trailers are so... From the very beginning, the Norman Reedus... (laughs) Baby. Naked baby holding in an oil slick. Like, what... What is the even hell is that? Like, <laughs> why is this? Even, what is this? And then since then, they've only gotten weirder only and weirder. crazier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm all in. Sony, show me something. Show me another. Show me another three and a half minutes of just the most maniac, ridiculous. <laughs> right. Hit me with another. Yes. <laughs> just whatever it takes. Show I'll me take another. More of that, please. <laughs> Um, yeah, as far as as far as big uh, press conferences go, of course, like uh, we've got Square Enix, we have Ubisoft, PlayStation, Nintendo. Those are like the the big press conferences. I'm definitely super excited to see what Nintendo has to show. Um, I don't expect a ton of surprises necessarily out of them, but they're they're coming into this E3 in a really interesting place because in years past, of course, we've they've always been like you know, okay, let's see what Nintendo does. And maybe it's, it's been more of kind of in a, like, what are these people up to? But 
they're they're coming in it from this like weird position of power where the switch has been like incredibly successful and a lot of the stuff is like hit really heavy for them and in, in a way that maybe even they didn't expect so I, I really want to see if they can keep their foot on the gas on that and and keep doing awesome stuff on the switch um and I'm I'm very interested in finding out more about these Pokemon games as well. Um, I'm not sure if that's something you, you guys have been keeping up with, but the Pokemon Let's Go games focusing on Pikachu and Eevee are linked to the Pokemon Go game on your phone in kind of unclear ways. <laughs> and uh, the game can be played like one-handed essentially with this weird like controller and there maybe isn't any wild pokemon in the normal pokemon sense and and you can do the throw pokeball motion like you can in pokemon go there's a lot of stuff that makes you very worried about these pokemon games <laughs> it seems weird like i yeah i've i've watched a little bit and been trying to keep up because i've never been a pokemon guy but it feels like pokemon is in the air like I feel like that's going to be a good chunk of Nintendo's presentation, whatever, whether right. it's what they've already talked about or something completely brand new. Um, I think poke, the word Pokemon will appear on Tuesday <laughs> in some form or another. And, and so of course, I've been trying to check it out, and it, it does seem it's interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's super interesting. I, I definitely have, I think, a more optimistic thought about these games than I think the general, like, the internet does. I think the internet seems to be pretty down on them, but. These are the Pokemon games this year. The, we're still getting, like, supposedly more mainline Pokemon games next year. Um, so, you know, I'm interested if they want to take, like, a weird experiment and try some things and try to mix up the series. Like, I'm down. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not the most hardcore Pokemon fan in the world. Um, I, I really like a lot of what the series does, but I'm never one who's who's putting in hundreds and hundreds of hours in each game. So I'm definitely less invested, but I'm I'm excited about the possibility of, of experimentation there. Um and uh yeah, I don't really know what to expect out of Sony, really, for, for this for this year. Um Yeah. I, I don't know what they all have on the horizon. I don't think that I, I think that we'll come out being feeling less impressed about Sony than we did about Microsoft. That's my general gut feeling that um I mean not... Sony just had a big April too. I mean they dropped a lot of stuff. God of War came out. Right. I mean they're still So maybe they're going to tee up stuff for spring next year? Could be. Seems to be yeah. kind yeah. of their pattern uh like it'll be fun to see what they have. Maybe um Ubisoft is going to go into Division 2 a little bit more. I'm interested to see what, like, poke around and see what they're doing for that. Yeah, uh, Assassin's Creed, like there's a new one of that. I'm still looking for an excuse to like the Assassin's Creed again. <laughs> um, they broke my heart one eighteen too many times. Um, I think I think but, for, for me to care about Assassin's Creed again, it has to be drastic. Something major yeah. has to change. Um. Like little things, I'm interested to see what the the Destiny story is. That Sony is probably going to be at the Sony press conference tomorrow, um, and then just like a brief scroll through Twitter because the the Bethesda press conference just wrapped up. Uh-huh. Um, I'm, there's something called Starfield that just got announced tonight. Okay, it's supposed to be that a so Bethesda sent out a tweet it says, "Welcome to Starfield, our next generation single player epic and first new franchise in 25 years." 
I don't know what it is, but I <laughs> you have my attention. I yeah. guess I know what we're doing after this. The podcast <laughs> is still All right. Because yes, me watching us watching a video that no one can see is probably not the best best radio. Probably not, Just... but <laughs> um that sounds cool. Yeah, sign me up for yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I'm looking looking forward to to seeing what Ubisoft does. I want to know if they're going to be the most awkward conference. They usually are, so yeah, um, that's probably fair. <laughs> and I think but perhaps uh, it's time to set the new over-under when the, uh, or at least how many times the new South Park game is going to get pushed back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that it's probably safe to say at least three. Um, but I don't know. I don't know where you guys stand on that. But I, I foresee that coming in the future as well. Yeah, that's probably the case. I feel like if 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 any game comes out and it didn't get pushed back at least three times, like something weird happened. Like like <laughs> there was some miracle that happened during development. Because I just feel like that always happens. Like I never hear about a game that gets announced that's like, yeah, we announced it for that date and then we hit it. That never happens. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. Unless it's uh, like Unraveled where it's like, you want to play Unraveled? Download it. Yeah, it's right now. <laughs> um, I so I you know like there's always there's always enough games out to play. So I never care or really think too hard about games getting pushed back because I would much rather them them be done than 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 get sent out in a crappy unfinished state. So you know I'm fine. I'm fine if it does get pushed pushed back. And if uh, Sony could bring that live orchestra that they had a couple years <laughs> um, back, I would really enjoy it. I thought that was so cool that. They- Throughout the the press conference, yeah, that was the cool. Majority of their big titles, I remember that. Really cool. I I do I love when uh, I love when they try weird random things, even if they don't work. I I always like to just like we're gonna mix this up a little bit. We're gonna try something new. Yeah, because E three seems like it's gotten more conservative over the years. You know, it's more public facing than some of the other conferences. Definitely, um, and so it'd be nice to see some. It seems like we don't get like the new technology stories or like things that might not work on stage as much anymore. Like try well, Microsoft that one year tried their hollow table thing and it like kind of worked, but not really. <laughs> yeah, sort of thing. Still haven't so, heard too much more about that. No, not a lot after the the Minecraft crossover mm-hmm. in your living room, or right? Whatever. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. I really enjoy this time of year. I know I can be pessimistic, but. It's nice to come home from work and see like <laughs> what got announced today, or to like watch Twitter go crazy and like, I have no clue what's going on. But at least people are happy. Yeah, it's way exciting. I- I'm always very into it, uh, and yeah, plenty more of excitement uh, for the rest of this week as well. So I think it's gonna wrap it up for us. Um, awesome start to to E3. Lots of new fun stuff to be excited about. Uh, of course, you can watch Pretty Dees every single day. Uh, we we premiere uh, weekdays on Twitch uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. So that's twitch.tv slash Pretty Dees show. You can also check out those episodes on the YouTube channel. Uh, just search for Pretty Dees or visit com slash video. And, of course, episodes go up on the podcast feed as well. Search for that wherever podcasts are found. Um you know, we'll we'll do some some uh, general shows about uh, maybe some little fun games and stuff here and there uh, as, as they get announced. There's obviously going to be way too much E3 stuff to cover in one week, so make sure you're looking up all that fun news. 
And of course, you can follow these two fine gentlemen on the internet as well. Ross, can where where can the people find you at? Uh, I'm on Twitter, litu underscore eighty seven, and I think that I'm gonna try to set a schedule finally for the Twitches, so I can Ooh. be found there on uh, Twitch TV slash litu eighty seven. That's exciting. And Scott, so how about you? Um. I am also on the Twitters at Schmizmar9. That's S C H M I Z M A R nine. And also uh twitch.tv slash Schmizmar9. Nice. I, I I'm very excited. I know uh, you know, Scott has his regular stream. Ross, I'm excited for you to you to be uh jumping in that game as well. Just uh try. Just hard. All all my friends Ooh. on that on that stream game, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, you can follow me and the show on Twitter at Pretty Dece Show. Also find me on Facebook there. Uh, all the social medias, if you will. Uh, find all the fun announcements and stuff. So uh, watch the show, subscribe to the podcast, follow on Twitter for all of the fun. That's going to do it for us. This has been the beginning of E3, and this has been Pretty Dece Director's Cut. Peace.